some crazy times where people can make stupid comments and people actually believe the garbage that they're selling, right? I mean, that's what this whole message came out of was that one thing. We've got, we lived in, we, we're living, I don't think we're living in the last days. I don't think the church is doing enough to make sure that we are living in that last days because I don't see world evangelization the way that it should be coming out of our churches. So I'm not really looking up all the time, you know. But this is a crazy, crazy time. What you believe in and what you stand for is being attacked. You're being laughed at. You're being called fools. You're being called idiots because you believe in God. And you are the minority. I'm here to tell you this. That's the way it's supposed to be. Didn't, didn't Jesus say, narrow is the path? And then wide is the road where all the idiots get on and go. And they, yeah, we believe it. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We live in a crazy, crazy, crazy time. We live in a time where people don't know what, whether they're male or female. I, they can't take the test and go, you know, yeah, yep, I'm a guy. I'm a dude. Right? It's pretty simple to me. I don't care what's going around in your crazy head. You were born a man, and I don't care what you add to or take away from. When you stand before God, you're going to be just like you were when he sent you here. He's going to put you back to your original condition, and then you're going to have some serious explaining to do. We are living in the craziest, craziest time, and it's being called progressive. <laughs> That's what I don't get about it. This, this is progressed. We're progressing. We're, we're moving forward. We're, we're doing better. We're, we're going to build back better. Just leave it the way it was. We'll have somebody smarter. Person of vision. Maybe get in there and go somewhere and do something with this nation. But let me tell you something. I travel all over the world. And we're still conservative by the world's standards with who we've got in the White House right now. I was in Botswana for two months last year. What the price of gas was? $10 a gallon. Their, their rules are really crazy. For every job you've got to have, you've got to hire two natives, not one, two. So they just don't pay them much. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's crazy stuff going along. So what do we have to do? This is where this whole message came by. by I'm not upset by this craziness in the world because God said it was coming. You ought to be prepared. You know, come on, don't freak out. You knew it's coming. If you're in the Word, you know it's coming. And it's not the worst. It's going to get worse if we don't get better. So the, I've named two messages to you. That was the last one I preached in this one. This one is get better at living life. How to get better at living life. There's crazy stuff going on, but we've still got to, the standard that we have is the Bible. That's where our standard comes from. We don't need a new Bible for every new generation. It's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that what, who said that? Jesus did. 
And then God said, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. So, you know, <clears throat> the change has to come through us, not through him. He's not changing. The change has to be brought about inside of us and not stop there. That's where Christianity gets it wrong. God's not just for us. He's to get in us so we can get him to other people. It's not all about us. Christianity is not stingy. It's very generous. If you don't see it that way, you probably got the blinders on that we're talking about. Amen? So how do you get better at living life? Here we go, here we go. I went, most of y'all know I had an accident when I was in Africa, and it's really been giving me some problems. I've been doing rehab on my neck and, and injections and everything. And, I mean, last Sunday, I started hurting. And it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But anyway, but before that, I went and they gave me these injections in my neck. It, it, it wasn't fun, but I enjoyed it because of the result. It was immediate. There was no pain. It was gone. I was healed at that point, right? No, we just numbed the pain. It's hurting now. <laughs> Why? Because it's not healed properly. It's just numbed. And that's what Christianity does sometimes. We have an experience with us and it numbs us to the things that are going on in the world and when it focus, makes us focus on us. Christianity is not supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. When God heals you, you're healed. You don't need any artificial whatever it is to heal the pain. Jesus doesn't numb you to the symptoms. He delivers you from the life. Are we there? Okay. I think I'm preaching better than y'all are hearing me. I don't know. All right. What do we need to do? We need to be better Christians, have better relationships, have peace of mind, divine health. Be better at your job. Have a life's work. And have something to give yourself to. Be better in your finances. Be better in, be a better parent. Be a better spouse. Just be better. Be better at living life, right? That's what we want to do. <clears throat> why are there so many Christians that aren't thriving at life? Why are they why are they just stuck in a rut? I know I've been that way before, but it, it just seems to me like but when I get in that rut, I just try to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig till, till I get out of it, you know? I mean it's it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows and stuff, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get tough. Sometimes you got to get down and you got to fight. Paul said the fight was good, but most of us run from the fight. You're supposed to run towards it, towards the fight. Amen? All right. I'm going to tell you why so many Christians 
are not thriving in life. Because they have one revelation about God. And that revelation is God is love. And they're right. He is. But somehow they think because God is love, he doesn't hate sin. And he does. So our entire Bible, everything that God does is to draw you into a closer relationship with him so that you can accomplish something with your life. It's not just about you. It's just about God's love. He, he's going to love me no matter what. what. That's not true. Oh, you're going to, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're going to go to that, go to that scripture real quick. first one I guess it says 1055 a.m. but I'm, I'm thinking y'all put that up there for my for their benefit so I wouldn't know when to stop <laughs> who can separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long we are Accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Nor height nor depth or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Every person that's ever went to hell, God still loves. Nothing can stop that. Just because you're a bad person, God does not hate you. But it does separate him from you because he can't be associated with your sin. So people believe that they can make a profession of faith and live like hell and it'd be okay. It's not the, that's not the case. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, but it can be separated from the salvation of God. Sin separates you from God. doesn't separate you from His love, but it does separate you from the relationship. The relationship is severed. God can't be a part of what you're doing if you're living a lifestyle of willful sin. It just doesn't work that way. But the problem is, is when you start to t talk to people and you start trying to help them through it, they go back and say, well, God wouldn't do that. God's love. God wouldn't do that. God's, God's not doing anything different than he did from day one. You're just looking at it differently. We got to get better at living life. We got to we got to we got to teach Christians how to thrive at this life, not just survive till that day. You know, ah. here we go. Number one. <laughs> This is going to take a little bit of explaining probably for this one. Christian 
<clears throat> Christian compartmentalizing. What's that? That's when everything is put in its own place. You, car, you, you put it in a box, a compartment. This is my personal life. This is my spiritual life. This are you getting with? Are you, are you following me? This is my family life. This is my life when nobody's watching. This is my life. Oh, y'all didn't see that one. Nobody's watching. This is, this, this is how I act in private. This is how I act in public. It's compartmentalized because nothing can separate you from the love of God. So I can be one way on Sunday and another way on another day? No, you can't, but you can try to fool yourself by compartmentalizing my mentor, Dr. Carmen, Dr. Rob, he said, a man cannot consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way that he sees himself. If you see yourself as a loser, you may win once or twice, but you're going to be a loser the rest of your life. If you see yourself as a winner, you're going to win. You can't, you can't see yourself one way and act a different way. It's a, it goes against your nature. And when you're saved, it goes against the divine nature of God. Because that's the nature that you take on when you're saved. Amen? Come on now. You got to be. You got to be the same everywhere you go. How many of y'all ever been to a place called the Broken Bean? Huh? A lot of people have been to Bean. Have y'all ever gone with Ginger? If you do, if you do, take your own vehicle. There'll be a prayer line out the restaurant to the street waiting for Ginger to pray for them. I don't need, I won't go in there with her. I walk in there and say, hey, Pastor Paul, how are you doing? Let's give you a pastor discount. Okay, bye. Okay, and Jen, Jen just got a line out the door. I'll tell you this. Went in there with, with a couple one time, and uh, a, a girl came up and she said, Pastor Ginger, would you pray for me? And I said, sit back down. He said, what are you talking about? I said, we'll be here for another hour and 45 minutes minimum. He said, you're crazy. I said, you just watch. She prayed for everybody in that place. And some of them were, you know, all the girls that work there, you know, they, they wanted Ginger to pray for them. Um, then the customers started just lining up. They just thought, it, well, it's pretty cool. Well, let me get me some too, you know. Why? Because she does not compartmentalize anything. She is the same every time I see her. And I see her more than all of y'all. Nothing changes. What you see here is what you got. She's a little quirky, you know, sometimes, like everybody is. You know, but... See? Got a little snore action going on every, every once in a while. She'll, you know, but hey. 
She's the same every single time you see her, right? That's what Jesus is looking for, faithfulness. Ooh, come on. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. That's good. I've even got an asterisk. Have you ever been to Broken Bean with Ginger? I'm on notes. <laughs> Number two, be faithful. G Ginger and I were put two, two weeks ago today with Mansfield talking to Sam and Becky Carr, Pastor Sam. And, and, and um, he made a comment that I told him then I was going to give him credit for twice. And then, from that point on, it's going to be a revelation of God gave it to me. That's what I told him. He said, well, it wasn't my revelation anyway. I got it from Pastor John Osteen. <laughs> but anyway, he made a comment, and I thought it was so good. He said, he said, faithfulness will lead you to your destiny. If you just be faithful. I got a... That stayed in my head. It stayed locked in my head. And I wrote this down. I just, if you just stay faithful in every area of your life, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. For correct, Proverbs 3, 3, 6. All right, take that. If you just stay faithful in every area of your life, God's plan becomes your life. Everybody, I don't know what God's plan is for me. <laughs> be faithful and don't worry about it. Just be faithful. Whenever there's something that needs to be did, you're the one that did it. This is dangerously close to the last message I preached. I just found out. Not dangerous, <laughs> but it's dangerously close. I repeat some of the stuff I said two weeks ago. Uh, if you just do what's set before you to do, you don't have to search for God's plan for your life. God's going to act it out. God's going to move you in the way that you should go to get it done. Quit worrying about what the plan is and how am I going to do it and just be faithful. And then it all lays itself out. Your yes becomes a lifetime of yeses. That's what, that's what happens. You become faithful. And you don't have to worry about the plan of God on your life. You don't have to worry about the call of God on your life. You're just, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll build, a pop, we'll build a hospital. We did. We're building 20, oh, little, oh, 21 or 22, I can't think, churches this year. Alone on foreign soil. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know how much money it costs to build that much? God don't care how much it costs as long as somebody's willing to do it. Whoever's willing to do it, he's going to get it to them. Every single time. I've never had to worry about finances in my Christian walk because every time I'm doing something, I'm doing it for him. Or for you, or for somebody you've never met. Or some, but I'm doing what I need to be done. And you know what? I don't have to worry about finances. 
I'm a tither. I give offerings. I, I'm very generous. I try to try to be as generous as I possibly can. And I've since I've become a Christian, I've never worried about money ever. I'm talking about since day one, right? What did I do on day one? We started back tithing. <laughs> I gave away everything I had. Every dime. Every dime. Y'all know this story. Why? Because I didn't want that money that I got based off of greed and love of money to be in my life ever again. God, you want, you, we're going to do this the whole thing, the whole way. I just don't want you to be Lord of my We're going to do this thing right. We're going to be best buddies. Gave away everything we had. Yeah, we've done it multiple times. It kind of became a habit with us for a while. We just, we just wanted to see how cool God was, you know. Well, you know, hey. That, that pastor right there, he needs a suburban. Let's get him one. Did it? We, we do stuff like that all the time. You know, you know why? Because it's so cool to watch God replenish your supply after you've depleted it. You don't have to live like because I'm telling you, you, you better have your stuff lined out when you start living that way. But when you do it once and you find out how cool it is, when God quadruples it overnight nearly, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay, being faithful. Go to Matthew 24 for me, guys. Ninth verse. Then they would, this is Jesus talking about the last day. He was talking about it then, and we're still talking about it today. Oh, I don't, I, mm, look up. Yeah. Then they will deliver you up into tribulation and kill you. And you will, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. We'll betray one another. We'll hate one another. I mean, I, how many of y'all know that the blues and the reds are not friends? Okay. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, is, is this today or not? Come on now. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be what? Say. He's talking about the last day. It's going to be hard, and you're going to have to endure some pretty hard stuff. But if you endure it, if you're faithful, you're going to be safe through the whole thing. If you endure, if you're faithful, the stuff doesn't apply to everybody. You're on a different level. You're peculiar. If, you, if, you're not, if people don't call you peculiar, there's a heart check needs to be involved. Well, how do, you, how, do you, how do you get money, Paul? Well, I give. Give it away. Well, that didn't make sense. Well, you just don't know who I know. You may say you do, but I really act like it. But we're, we're different. We're just different. We're mad. Endure. I looked it up. To endure means to remain, to last. In other words, nothing's going to stop me. 
I'm not going to be stopped. I'm going to be faithful no matter how hard it gets. It gets. David Gray. We're not related, but he is family. He just, he, he just, uh, he was about 15 years old. <laughs> and we had switch cane. We just moved in. It's switch cane. I don't know if y'all know what that is or not, but anyway, it's bamboo, you know. And uh, it was in the backyard. And uh, I, was, I was talking to David about getting rid of it. He said, I'll do it. I said, how much? He said, $100. I said, Okay. After about a week every day after school and he wasn't halfway through, I said, you want to renegotiate? He said, yeah. I said, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I gave him more than that after he finished. But you know what? When a job gets too hard, people want you to help them out. You know, it doesn't matter how hard the job is. It doesn't matter how hard the task is that God gave you to do. It's important. Be faithful. Finish that thing. Finish strong every single time. Because some, some jobs that God gives you to do are going to be pretty easy. Because somebody else laid the groundwork, did the hard stuff for you back. You may be, you may be going in and... Do the hard stuff so somebody else can come in and they can reap that. With not as much, are you, are you with me? Are you with me? Be faithful. Be faithful. In all things, be faithful. Okay. All right. Be faithful. Here we go. Here we go. Here's, here's the pastor part of me coming out. Be faithful at this house. This is your community, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether you're laughing, whether you're crying, whether you're happy, sad, these are your people. They're here to celebrate with you, and they're here to lift you up when you're down. They're not going to think less of you. They're going to think, how can I make her life easier? How can I make his life easier? How can I help them get through this? How can, you know, and they're always praying for you. See, you're... Your future is connected to this house, and this house is connected to you. It's not a one-way street here. We're connected. Let's be faithful. This is our community. This is the culture that we chose. We have friends. We have a community of people who care. So be faithful here. If not, find a place that you're connected with and be faithful there. I'm not trying to run you off, but I do want you in the middle of God's will. Number three, focus. Focus is vision refined, right? A lot of people got vision, it's just real blurred. We need to focus. We need to focus. We need to focus on what God has for us to do. Mm. <laughs> I talked. I talked with Shana about this last time she was in town. As a matter of fact, she. I'm saying, you know what I'm seeing. I don't remember exactly how I said it, but. What I'm seeing is 
everybody's seeing the craziness in the world. And it's a crazy place. It's a crazy time, right? I mean, it's nuts. I mean, third grader shouldn't have to determine whether he's a man or a boy or a girl. He should just, just realize that girls have cooties, you know. He's in the third grade. You know, this is a crazy, stinking time. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We believe that it's such a crazy time that Jesus is going to come down and deliver us from, deliver us from this stuff. Just, we're just as stupid as people that lived about 2,000 years ago and thought he was going to come in and deliver them from Rome. You know, I mean, come on. But we have Christians looking more forward to the rapture than we do to a revival. It's terrible. It's awful. People, it's as bad as it gets. They say, well, look up. Jesus is coming. He isn't going to tolerate this long. Let's all look up. I'm telling you, don't look up. Look down at, the, at the, 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 the chore that is in front of you, the assignment that's in front of you, and get that done and let him worry about the end of the world. Just, just do what's right. There's people going to hell because you're looking up, waiting on God to deliver you. He's looking on you to deliver somebody. It's crazy how the, the church is just taking this and saying, all right, we give up. Take us now, Lord. Am I wrong? I see it every day. It makes me want to just vomit sometimes, and sometimes I have. I mean, just, 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 I just get so upset. I know, I'm, all right, I know, I know. <sighs> we're looking up, we're looking up. Thank God to deliver us. God said, I put you down there to do something. Quit asking me to do something. I put you down there to get something done. Go get it done. That's when things will start changing. When you quit asking for him to do it and do what he tells you to do. A lot of our, a lot of our, a lot of our problems are just being, they don't have a revelation of who God is. They just know God's love. God's love. He's not going to leave me here in this mess. They just don't understand it. That we're here to accomplish a task. That we're here to thrive in this world. We're here to turn this place upside down. And we're getting all turned upside down because the world's crazy. David says it. I didn't see you there when I told the story. I probably wouldn't have done it. No, I'm joking. All right, here we go. There's there, there certain things that y'all know that I love, right? I love to cook. I love the Dodgers. Love to find one deer every year and just hunt him until I find him and kill him. He bleeds all over the ground. 
<laughs> and how? What I like more than anything? Golf. Because golf is different than any other sport. You know why? If, 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 if I played with, no, we can't use that because he sucks. If I played with Jeremy, okay, and Jeremy and I played each other, and he won, which he would, I'm not mad at Jeremy because he won. I'm mad at me because I didn't. Because you're playing a course, and a person that has the best, the best score wins. It has nothing to do with anybody else. They just played better. It's the only sports that you can find that, you know what, when, when you miss a putt on the 72nd hole and come in second and, you know, lose $750,000 because if you'd have made a putt, you know what, it's not the guy over there watching you's fault. It's the putter's in your hand. You know, that was you that did that. I think that's why I like it so much, see, because the church needs to be more like that. We should be happy when somebody does well. And we should be uplifting when somebody falls. But see, Christianity, the Christian army of God, is the only army in the world that shoots its own wounded. They do. And when somebody else does good, there's resentment. Why? Because they have one revelation, God's love. They can't even be happy for, for, for a fellow Christian to do well because of their own jealousy. That's not good, guys. That's not good. But that's the world that we live in. And we've got to learn how to get better at living the life that we were put in. We were put here. You know, God knew all this stuff was going to happen, and he prepared you for it. That's, a, that's the reason you're here in this particular time, because you have all the tools for this particular time. The problem is we have a lack of participation. Am I getting anywhere? I feel good about it. I don't know. I, if y'all don't get it, so what? No, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, the last one. <gasps> About to go out that door. The last one, <clears throat> and this is simple. Be someone's champion. Be someone's champion. Inspire and empower. Both of those are a choice. Choose wisely. Inspire and empower. Put people in a position to succeed and help them along the way. I promise you, when you do that, God's sending somebody down there to empower and inspire you as well. What you do for others, God's going to do for you in greater measure. It just doesn't just apply to money. That's what everybody says. You know, but that's not the case. It applies to everything in your life. The laws of sowing and reaping are not money. Does it apply to money? Yeah. But my main deal is it applies to everything, good or bad. So if you can be that person for somebody, 
God's going to send a person for you. I believe with all my, well, there's no doubt in my mind, the people that God's placed in my life. My goodness, I don't know how I got so fortunate and so blessed. You know, it, it's just, I mean, right off the bat, I get Dr. Rob Carman and T.L. Osborne. I mean, who, who, who gets that? But I listen to every word they said until the day that they died, you know. I mean, this, this, but those were my champions. Those are the people that kept me going. Those are the people that inspired me that, that said, you're doing a good job. I know you don't feel good about yourself right now, but you're on the right track. Hang there. Stay with it. Don't give up. You're on the right track. That simple stuff right there means the world to somebody that doesn't really like me at that time. I didn't really know what I was doing. Now, I don't now either, but I know a little bit more then than I do now. I mean, a little bit more now than I do then. It's just simple. Be somebody's champion. Inspire them. Empower them. And do something to prove your faith every single day of your life. Amen? Stand up. We're done. Woo!